Before we get started with the podcast, I want to tell you something I'm really pumped about this fall. So many leaders are struggling. We understand. We feel challenged as a team. Churches feel challenged. Nonprofits feel squeezed. Businesses don't know how they're going to recover. And if that's you, I want to invite you to be encouraged alongside of us at the Healthy Leaders Summit, October 5th through 8th. We want to speak directly into the challenges you're feeling right now. It's hard to get healthy and stay healthy in this season, but we want to help you. This isn't just one more online conference. This is an online experience. We believe you'll be encouraged. You'll be equipped. We have some incredible thought leaders, authors, speakers, pastors, business leaders coming to you like Mark Batterson, Sam Collier, Jenny Katrin, Pete Scazzaro, Katie Cole, the Hottie Lewis. We're also going to hear from Jimmy Miato from Compassion International about the succession plan, why it is working so well. Guys, fascinating conversations with some incredible people. You do not want to miss this. Here's what's cool is you get to watch this from home or you could watch this in the boardroom. You could watch this with your team, with a friend, with somebody else or completely by yourself. We want to encourage you to set aside a day on the 5th through the 8th, maybe two days, maybe all four days as kind of a study leave, as kind of a break to be refilled after the September push. Guys, we know you're tired and we want to encourage you to block off this time on the calendar, to dedicate these few days to be refilled in your leadership, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You do not want to miss this. For as little as five bucks, you can attend. So go to healthyleaderssummit.com. The registration is live. It is live right now. So go get this, share this with a friend. We can't wait. We will see you at the Healthy Leaders Summit, October 5th through 8th. We are pumped. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. My name is David Bloom, and I'm with my co-host, Alan Briggs. Hey, man. I am, uh, I'm always excited for a podcast, but I think this one today I am uh, uniquely excited for. Yeah, we have been talking, and I, the whole world has been talking about uh, issues and pain and adjustment and challenges, and we need to talk about those things. We really do, but we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about beauty. I think it's a conversation that the world, that we, and hopefully our listeners, desperately need to talk about. Beauty, aesthetics, the things that make us delight and wonder at all the different aspects of this world that we see creativity and um, beauty. And sometimes we don't know why we're drawn to it. Our eyes are drawn to it. Our ears are drawn to it. But um, we are having three creatives share with us about different aspects of beauty uh, and the things that kind of draw our eyes and our ears to that. So Alan, um, what does beauty mean to you in your life? And where are your eyes or ears drawn to most often? Well, uh, creation's an obvious one for me. Uh, you know, living in Colorado, I'd say probably half the people in Colorado would say that because it's so in, in front of us. But I actually want to focus on relationships. I see a deep beauty in relationships that, that come together well. I see that in gatherings. I see that in parties. When when I sit down for a meal uh, with my family, I mean, often it's chaotic, but it's beautiful. When I sit down with a meal or with friends for a meal, um, there's just something about if the food is well prepared, even if it's not, just the beauty unfolding, even in a chaotic living room or dining room. We've had, you know, between 40 and 50 people before for many Easter dinners and 
um, Christmas Eves. And we just kind of invite whoever needs a place, whoever needs a family for the night, come on over to the Briggs house. And I'll just step back in the midst of that and think, man, this is messy. And man, this is loud, but it's beautiful. So that for me is, I, I think, dynamics and food. I love watching things like Chef's Table because it's the story behind this person that's making beauty and art and bringing people together through food. So I would actually say, pay attention to what you pay attention to is the phrase, I pay attention to good food and good drink and conversations that bring us together over a table. What about you, David? Where do you see beauty? I can't not talk about creation because of where I live. I live in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. If you don't know where that is, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, you know, it's mountains, rolling hills, streams, evergreen trees, um, anything you'd ever want to do as far as outdoor recreation you have. But for me, just going out in setting up a hammock or going on a hike, setting up where we have these little backpacking chairs and just putting them down next to a lake or on a riverbed or out in a field and just sitting and actually taking time to look at whether it's the contours and the contrast in a mountain when the light is just right, when the light is setting and it's golden hour and the, some of the hills or mountains just kind of look like they're on fire. Um, I love that. And in the fall when the aspens are changing colors and again, it's just like the mountains are ablaze uh, with vibrant colors. I, I cannot get enough of it. So Susan and I have been walking like uh, nobody's business. We're like power walkers around the neighborhood, but the trails have started to dry out. So it's been as much as I love walking, I would much rather walk on a trail. And uh, we've been doing that and I'm just blown away um, by the beauty of creation and how every time we've been walking on the trail, as it dries out, as the leaves begin to bloom, the trail looks different every single time and every single season, no yeah. hike looks the same and you have yep. a different experience. And so I, I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, the other thing that I see it in is a good story, um, whether it's a book or I hate to admit this, but <laughs> when it comes to like just recreational reading, I don't do it that much, but I love movies and shows that um, build out a good story. When everyone says the book is better, I don't know what it means to say that because rarely <laughs> have I read the book. Guilty <laughs> as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a part of that kind of like enlightened crew. Um, almost all my reading is ministry related, theological and, um, and, and things like that. So a good story um, that's woven cinematically through a movie or something like that, I'm just drawn into. And I love when there's a satisfying ending or a twist in the creative process or like, how did they come up with that? Or how did they develop that character? Um, I'm so interested and fascinated by that, especially coming kind of from the perspective of a communicator. Yeah, man, it's, it's so needed right now. I think beauty is missing in a lot of our lives right now. We are trying to fix problems, make money, solve things, hit up against barriers, and find opportunities. And yes, all of those things are needed and are true. We want to give you a little bit of reprieve from that as we talk about beauty with three different artists, friends of mine, people who are bringing beautiful messages, stories, images, pictures into the world. So enjoy a little change up today, a conversation with three very talented creatives 
on what is beauty and why it changes our lives. Kevin, thanks for joining us for the podcast today, man. Oh, it's an honor to be on, my friend. Well, you are a talented photographer, and um, I love watching your stuff on Instagram, and we got to meet and uh, first develop relationship, and then I think what the coolest thing uh, when I meet people is later to see, wow, they're incredibly gifted in this area or that <laughs> area, uh, but I didn't you know, start as That's somebody, awesome. you, you weren't photographing me, uh, you weren't grabbing wedding pictures for me, and so there right, was no barrier right. between us you know, relationally uh, to start with, and so we're in this series where we're talking about beauty. We're talking about creativity and mm. some of the things I think we've lost in the midst of this season and this crisis. So some could say you're even in the beauty business. You're in the business of bringing sure. out beauty, uh, beautiful moments. And so we want to dive into that. But first of all, sure. what do you see as the role of a photographer? Man, that's a great question. And man, just off the jump, just want to say I'm super honored to be on. Love what you do, who you are, and how you help leaders. I know it's helped me from the distance, and I'm all in on your journal. So, But to answer your question, segueing back in, you know, I see the role of a photographer as a person who's there to capture and tell the story of moments. I shoot a lot of weddings. That's predominantly what I shoot. However, you know, I segue into different uh, other spheres in the photography space. But I just love what it means to capture a moment. When you think about a wedding day, there's all this hype, there's this energy, there's this joy. And I, I mean, it might be my selling pitch, but I say this is one of the only things that is going to go past the entire wedding day are these photos. And you're going to look at them and remember them for the rest of your life. And, you know, those that are married 10, 20, 30, 40 years that have the ability to look back at their photos, they feel the emotions that they felt that day. And I even advise some of my wedding clients, hey, look back at these every year together just to remember why you're doing what you're doing. And I think it's just beautiful as a photographer to capture those special moments. And if you really think about it, I think life is just a compilation of moments. We have, you know, big moments of graduation or first child or marriage or whatever it is. And having the ability to capture that in a still photo is absolutely beautiful to me. Man, and you do such a good job at that in those moments. And some of those as I've looked through Instagram and I think, man, you caught that look in someone's eye or you caught that moment of, you know, the husband holding the wife or that edge of a smile that's about to break out. So what exactly are you looking to capture in a shot? That's a great question. So like you said that you noticed, I mean, that's a big compliment to me because that is, you know, more or less my target is to capture as much emotion as possible. I mean, I tell clients all the time, hey, just pretend like I'm really not here and you're just on a special date and you're just enjoying one another. And so there's not this element where I force them to, you know, force them to love each other, but some are more, you know, expressive in their love with each other than others. And I can help coach them. Um, but I love to capture the joy in a shot and to capture, uh, the raw emotion that I am feeling as I'm taking the picture. And, you know, with that, I actually have them tell each other stories or sometimes, you know, their five favorite things about one another and really just to provoke that love for one another in those photos, because quite frankly, most people feel awkward getting their photos taken of them. And so I try and make it as 
easy as possible to where you really can see that natural shot. I'm all about the natural candid, not just the posed, but I can do a few posed if need be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. One of the, we had an incredible wedding day. I mean, my wife and I, everything about it um, was, I mean, I'd say perfect, you know, short of the weather, I'd say perfect, but the mistake we made was to not hire the right photographer. And so we look, that's the Mm -hmm. only thing we say, ah, like that wasn't it. Like it didn't capture who we were. It was a bit mechanical uh, in that. But I wonder in in those shots, what makes a shot magical? Like when, when our eyes connect with it and say, whoa, or we stop scrolling on Instagram, what is it about a shot that you believe just makes it magical, Kevin? Yeah, that's a great question. So I mean, to segue into a spiritual element, I have always been enraptured is probably the best way to put it with like the beauty of God at nature. And so I I think about these things often, like there are a fleet of flowers in the high mountains of the Swiss Alps or the Rocky Mountains, because I'm a Colorado guy as well. There are just a, a whole row. There are a whole row of flowers that maybe someone has never even seen before. And to me, it's like God is so beautiful in his expression of himself that he doesn't even fully need to be acknowledged, but he's just that beautiful, you know, the personhood of God. And I think that having the ability to dwindle that down to one of his most prized creations, which is humans and the human interaction and the joy of fellowship and love for one another, I think capturing that moment of emotion and friendship and honestly, as you know, you being married over a long period of time, there's a history that's built between you and your wife. And you could look at her in her eyes and see back to first dates or, you know, some of the more special moments. And so when I'm, I think about all of these things, as crazy as it is to try and unveil the beauty of honestly, God's creation in people as well as the nature around. And so with the nature, some of the practicals are, you know, making sure that the lighting is just right. However, if it's a cloudy day, you can really focus in on the details of their face and different things like that. If there's, you know, golden hour time frame, I just think it's amazing. Like you can partner with nature in the sunset to capture a gorgeous golden hour sunset photo. I mean, I just love how it all comes together. And so there are a lot of things that I think make it magical, but specifically capturing, you know, their emotion, the feeling that they're feeling between each other and lighting is huge to me, um, as, as every photographer will say, but making sure that the lighting is just right and being able to have foresight to see, hey, if I go behind this tree, the light will come through in a specific way. It's been a really fun creative act to, to figure out. And it's interesting that every photographer I've ever known, correct me if I'm wrong, in your view, says natural light is the best. I mean, bar none. Would you say oh, the same? 100%. 100%. Like, we're trying to imitate what God has naturally created, these very expensive lighting rigs and sets that are a pain. Talk about feeling yeah. awkward, right? <clears throat> this whole studio and 100%. rig. I was out the other day with my son. And I saw how small he was and how massive this tree was coming through the light. And I was like, stop, you know, and I had to grab a picture of it. And of course, the picture doesn't do it justice, you know, from my iPhone. No filter can do that moment justice. Uh, And so, yes, the creation piece behind it. um, And I think you infuse that really nicely in terms of the background isn't just a background, right? It matters. It brings out um, the subject matter which is people, right? Is relationship, which is the spark yeah. of so much of yeah. what you do. 
Uh, I'm curious, what do you have to believe about every person you're photographing in order to be a good photographer? Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question. I think that everyone has their own unique beauty and every couple is so unique. You know, I think that especially when you get into that space of learning about relationships or even being in a relationship, there's a propensity to start to compare or, well, they do things this way. We do things this way. And, you know, for me, I don't have a cookie cutter approach to each shoot. I have thoughts of maybe what I want to do, but I like to just come into a space, get to know um, my client and understand the beauty of their relationship. Like what drives them, what motivates them and what has caused them to fall in love with the other person. And so I think that it's so important not to think, I mean, you could, you could say this at, at a grand scale across businesses. Cause you know, I do photography on the side. I work in the tech space full time uh, doing consulting and sales consulting, but you're really after serving your customer. I mean, Jesus is golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated and serving them the way that Jesus would serve them. And I think when you have that approach, it's not merely just about revenue and profit and, oh, I just need to get through this shoot so I can make money. But you take the time. And I love what you said even before this call, like having the margin, even in your photo shoot, to have the conversations, to get into their space and figure out what caused them to love the other person, what caused them to fall in love. And when you get to connect with them at that, it's like, man, I feel comfortable with this photographer in this space because I, I think about this often also in the wedding. I'm like, I have the coolest job because I get to see the, the intimate framework of the entire wedding that no one else gets to see. I get to see the groom's room. I get to see the bride's room. Like they can't even see each other more or less. And I get to be in both spaces. And so getting mm, yeah. into that space of building that true relationship and being a part of their story, because I, I just want to come alongside them and, and tell their story the way they want it to be told. You know, if they're a little quirky or if they're funny or if they just like <laughs> are undone in love with each other, notebook style, sure, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll capture whatever it is. And so I think to be a good photographer, you have to think customer first. And you have to think client first. It's not about you. It's not about your money. It's not about, you know, your social media platform. It's about the people. And it's about building friendship with them. And especially, at, you know, as a believer, it's like, how can I radiate Jesus in what I'm doing? I am a big proponent. Good business is good gospel. And being excellent translates. And when you are excellent in your conversation, in your approach, in your editing style, in the way you go about things... I believe it is a great representation of Jesus in the space. And I mean, I think about Daniel often, you know, he wasn't just favored, but he was excellent. He was studied. He knew Babylonian language and culture to where, you know, God would open a door and he could speak clearly to Nebuchadnezzar and influence that person or that business or that couple or whatever it is, you know, and more often than not, I'm going on a big tangent. So sorry about that. But <laughs> more often than Keep not, it it, it's just, yeah, it's just awesome to see what fruit comes out of just loving and serving your customer. It's it's remarkable. And it's, I mean, literally that word remarkable, worth remarking about, like Seth yeah. Godin uh, says it. And we had Jordan Rayner here on the podcast. He wrote the book Master of yeah. One, and he uses the phrase theology of wow. excellence. And that gets mm -hmm. thrown around a lot. And I know excellence can be a double-edged sword and... Um, 
you know, can create expectations. But the reality is we want to be part of things that are beautiful and somebody that loves their craft and does their craft well. And I think that our world is tired of junk for Jesus. Just, just cause Mm -hmm. I have a good heart. Maybe I could push into this. And it's interesting that everybody's, uh, I think the good and bad that everybody's a photographer uh, now. Everybody has access to filters. We have a ridiculous phone in our pocket at all times, uh, and that's for another day. Right? It, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the pictures I take, I go, I cannot believe that I snapped this right, or that looks better than yeah. in real life. You know, so it's getting to kind of it's a totally scary does. point <laughs> of that. But um, I think the reality is um, that there are some that will work on their craft, and some like me that will, you know, pull out a phone from their pocket once in a while. But truly, those who work on their craft, there's something worth paying attention to, not just on Instagram feeds, yeah. but continue doing this with excellence, man. I, I love that. I'm curious, what's hard about being a photographer? That's a great, great question. I I think it's just one of those things you find in life is just the comparison game. I mean, you look at, and, and not necessarily comparison, my photo versus your photo, but the social media pressures that you feel, oh, should I have X amount of followers? Should I be, you know, doing this differently? And I think the biggest temptation that I've seen in photography specifically, and I'm sure a lot of photographers can attest to this, is there's so many trends as far as editing styles goes, different filters. So I would say the hottest trend right now is um, kind of like a warmer tone to it. And it makes it look a it just makes things look a lot more warm and a lot more golden and a lot more milky is the best way to put it. And that's the trend that's just been hot for the past year or two that I've seen. And for me, one of my choices when I became a photographer was I barely want to have to edit the image in post-processing. I want it to be natural because in my opinion, trends come and go, but keeping it all natural and not modified and not manipulated will that will transcend the rest of their lives. That style would be in style for the rest of their lives. You look at old film photos. I've been watching the Michael Jordan last dance and you see these old film photos of him. And I mean, they're just clean. They're crisp, a little bit of grain on them, but there's no overly filtered element to it. And it's like, man, I feel like I'm back in the nineties with Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? And I think going through the, the, the rest of time that that is definitely a challenging part about being a photographer. But like I just said, I mean, it's so important to to really segment yourself into what your brand and your style is. Apple does not try and be Microsoft, try not to be Microsoft. They just don't. They are Apple through and through. They do. They, they just are them. You know what I mean? Chick-fil-A is not trying to be McDonald's. They're not trying to 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 be someone else like they are them through and through from a customer service standpoint, from a product standpoint. I mean, they they just are them. And I think it's so important in a business space to be yourself and really segment into, uh, you know, providing that sort of excellence and, and, and producing that product that everyone is going to want to buy. Like you just said, people are attracted to excellence and you will have the customers, you will have, you will have them come to you. And I, I think about this often is, you know, not even having a scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, I should change my style because maybe I'll gain more customers. It's like the wedding industry is so massive. Like there is beyond plenty of business to go around. You can have more business than you could have ever wanted. So it's like making sure you're honed in and not compromising on your craft is such a huge thing. And so I would say that is the challenging part, but also the benefit if you can utilize it rightly. 
Yeah, that's good, man. And I think I call comparison the great creativity killer because we so end up yeah, with a crappy so photocopy of what somebody else did. And it always looks weird or muted or just feels off and inauthentic in a world that is looking for someone to define um, the shot, looking for someone to define how they're going to tell the story versus just match everybody else's filter. Uh, So many comparisons here to leadership, so many helpful uh, translations for us. Last question for you, a huge question, maybe a tough one. Kevin, what is beauty to you? Can I say Brie? I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's very subjective, but we'll we'll give it to you. All right. Hope you're listening to this, Brie. Oh, that's amazing. No, I, I, I just had to throw that in there. She'll laugh at that. I, I would say ultimately I, I segued into this a little bit earlier, but I find so much beauty in God himself. And I was a theology undergrad, so I'm going to dive into the weeds just a second. But there's a few scriptures talking about, you know, heaven and the throne room and this whole element up, you know, that's happening upstairs, you know, be it in Revelation or Isaiah, Ezekiel. And there are these creatures that have eyes all around them and they literally, their like job assignment is to look at God and to think about from eternity past to eternity future, their job has been just to look at God and just declare of his beauty and his holiness and this, that, and the other. And I think about that. I'm like, man, they can see this endless beauty of God and then to have him come into creation and create, you know, this whole thing out of nothing. I was reading Proverbs eight, like the spirit was hovering the waters of the deep before any beauty was there. And I just segue that into even a business space of, I just believe that Christians and kingdom leaders should be at the forefront of creativity, of innovation, of ideas, because we have the Holy spirit in us that helped create the entire earth. So we should have the solutions. We should have the most beautiful photos. We should have the next apples, the next Ubers, and we should be living that out because of the beauty of God that's in us to harness that creativity. And I'm just a big, big fan and proponent of that, uh, that we should be at the forefront of that. We shouldn't be just fitting in. Yes. What a beautiful kind of a long way way to end. Yeah. No, what a beautiful way to end. I see how God is bringing together both your love and heart for theology, the gifts that you have, the desire you have to Mm. tell stories. Kevin, my friend, keep up the excellent work. Keep living out a theology of excellence. My man, I really appreciate the time. Anthony, my man, Fidel, thanks for stopping by the podcast today. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, be a part of your podcast and conversate with you. Well, we're talking about beauty and we're talking about creativity. And I've seen a whole lot of creativity jumping off the page. I know you write, uh, you are a musician, you are a speaker, you're a rapper, you do all kinds of stuff. And so talk to me about what you believe your role is as a creative in all of the things that you're not only cultivating, but you are pushing those out to the world. What's your role as a creative? My my role, I, I do believe one of the greatest gifts you could give people is inspiring people. Um, and I, for me, one of the biggest inspirations in my life was hip hop music. Uh, 
Like uh, I grew, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a product of a broken home. I'm a product of being, you know, and, you know, I grew up in the, the trap or the hood. Um, and the thing that held me during that time was, was like music. It was the biggest part. It was the, it was the thing that kind of, uh, that told me that there was more. And so, you know, now that I'm in a position where I get to make music, I make music understanding that, you know, I could write a song that literally one person could hear and it could get them through a tough season in life. And uh, I feel like because I grew up in rap music and I grew particularly a style called trap music, which is more bounce, uh, is more melody driven. I know that there's a group of people that that style of music directly connects with them and they wake up looking for a new song to love to get them through, you know, a stretch of life um, or to remind them, you know, of the good things in life, you know, and you know, so I see it as, you know, me as that 12 year old boy and people who are making music and a lot of the music that I was hearing at that time, you know, had, you know, lyrics were, were very flattering and it was still, you know, still was entertaining enough to get me through a tough time. So in me wanting to infuse my faith and hope into music, you know, I'm always inspired creatively you know, from what I went through to be able to take music and hopefully do the same thing for other people. Mm, That's good. Tell me about a beautiful moment as a musician or a performer when it just felt amazing. Like one of those moments you just want to capture in time. Man, I I have so, I I am, I take, I take pride in my live performance. I am, I, I always used to say that I always wanted to perform with just a mic in the track. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be the guy who like I could walk in a classroom, play a beat and perform. And even to this day, when people would bring me in, they, I would tell them all I need is my iPad and a mic. And what it does is it, it puts me in a position where I can build a relationship with the crowd. Like I can, I can talk to them. And I, I'm I'll be honest. I, I remember so many moments where I was on stage. Uh, I'll give you one. I remember I had a song called gone. Right. It was called Gone. And and it was to me, it wasn't it, it was a song I had a vision to perform live, but it was a it was also a song I f- that wasn't very popular. And I remember I was uh, booked to perform at Texas A&M. It was forty four hundred students um, at Texas A&M. And I'll never forget um, before the show, I said, I'm going to perform this new song for the first time. And this is the, at this moment, this is the biggest crowd I had been in, been in front of. It was, I mean, it was college students and none of these students had ever really heard of me. And uh, I remember I perf- I uh, went on stage and I was, you know, talking and I went into this song that nobody had ever heard. And the, the hook went like, uh, I'm gone, gone, gone. I'm so far gone, I'm out of space. Pluto, I'm so far gone, I'm out of space. Mars. And I I, ta- I did the hook one time. And I'll never forget, I started the song. And everybody, because this was a college tour, everybody was looking at me like, bruh, are you going to really try this for the first time in front of 4,400 students, our biggest stop on this tour? And I'll never forget how I, put, I did it. And when I did the hook, the whole stadium, when I said, gone, 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 I'm so far gone, I'm out of space, the whole, all 4,400 students said, Pluto, I'm so far gone, I'm out of space. And everybody said, Mars. And what made it so special was years later, 
students that were at that event, they, you know, they got jobs, now they're in nonprofits. They would call me and tell me how they still do that song with their students, or they would try to bring me out to do that song because they remember that moment. And what made it such a great moment, one of the things that made it such a great moment was I took a risk. It was a big risk as a creative yep. to take a uh, take a chance on a new song and be in front of so many people. And when I write, I always try to make music that could possibly be be different enough that you're going to be like, bro, I don't like that. Or it could be something different enough to be like, I love it because I feel like that pushes you creative and creatively. And another, and another uh, example I would give is, man, there, there's no better feeling than writing a song and then having somebody reach out to you and say, Hey, I was dealing with anxiety. I deal with anxiety, but this song, when I put this song on, it makes me feel better. I was struggling with suicide. But when I put this song on right here, Man, this song just gives me hope, and um, th- that's another. That's probably the the top of the the um, top of the the totem when it mm. comes to being a creative and being able to write a song that's able to literally impact people's um, lives on a daily basis. So that's those it. are two examples. That's it, right there, right. That's that's that moment. That's that magical moment that you say yes. This is why. I do what I do. Can you share why you care so deeply uh, about themes of mental health and to bring hope to those wrestling with mental health? Why you inf- mental health? Why you infuse that into your music? Well, um, a lot of a lot of it just you know a lot of my who I am as an artist as a person. Like, I I don't forget where I come from, and I, I don't mean that where I I don't forget where I used to live. I mean. For me as a person, everything I've gone through, I try to take that and use that to help people. And one of the things that um, I felt was one of the biggest transitions in my life was when I was going through internal issues of things, feelings of numbness that I didn't know what was wrong. Now, backstory is I, I grew up in, in a very, you know, in gangs and drugs and in an abusive home, an extremely abusive father who was physically and uh, verbally abusive every day. And I just thought, hey, I was going to man it up. I was going to tough it out. As I got older, success started to come. Opportunities started to come. All of that stuff started to come. But I knew something was going on. And I'll never forget there was a there was a man who told me I went to him in privacy and I said, man, I don't know what's wrong. And I said, but I feel like something's wrong with me. And I, I feel like internally I feel numb. I don't I don't feel like I'm my emotions are flowing. I, I just have these these numb feelings. And I'll never forget he told me he was like, he said, Man, sometime we need to talk to people. And I didn't know what he meant. I had never met anybody who had went to a counselor. And I'll never forget he he suggested a counselor and I went to a counselor and that moment changed my life because I was already having success. I was already thriving, doing great at my job in corporate America because I was doing both. Um, But I knew because of what I had seen around me that if I didn't find out what was going on inside of me, it was just like physical health. If you eat bad over time, it's going to catch up to you. I learned in that moment, in that first counseling session, that I had developed emotional bad habits that put me in a space that... It was going to put a low ceiling on my life. And from that moment, it changed my life. And I didn't know anybody who ever went. And so as I continued down that path and learned a lot and had to learn 
to um, had to learn how to forgive, had to learn about shame, had to learn about anxiety and depression and those type of things. And and when I learned those type of things and how God uh, in the middle of those things has a plan for my life, um, how the Bible and how when even even when I would when I started reading the Bible again, how it, it was like I looked at the Bible different because I realized that God didn't just care about one part of who I was. God cared about everything of who I was and and, it, and all of that stuff just turned around in my life. And I began a path of healing for myself. And I began a path of also wanting to help people heal uh, through the grace of God. Because in my life, I've just learned that um, the God has an answer for these type of issues in our life. And a lot of times, because of how we're raised, we're raised by people who mean well, but they're flawed. They have their issues. And a lot of times we get to a point where we don't realize what's going on in our life. And all we need is like the Bible says in Proverbs, we need to seek counselors and the counselor can help you. Cause sometimes I like to say it like this. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for and we need help from somebody to tell us what we need to pray for. And sometimes it's not, we need to pray for a raise in our job. Sometimes we need to pray for emotional health. We need to pray to know what's going on in our soul. And uh, so all of that kind of, has brought brought me to a place of where I was like, man, I want to play a role in this aspect of people's life, their soul. Mm, that's that's so good, and it's health and creativity go together. If we are not creative enough, or sorry, if we're not healthy enough, we will not be creative enough, and we will not go the distance. If we ever fallen flat in our creativity, we're 